on this episode of Connected. We talk about Bluetooth with experts from the field, about its past, its present, and the future of its audio. This and more on Connected. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Connected, episode 10, Bluetooth, recorded November 2016. Greetings and welcome to Connected, Everything IoT. My name is David Danto, your host, um, and on this episode of Everything IoT, we're going to be blue. I'm wearing a, my non-traditional dark blue shirt. I don't know if you can tell the difference instead of my typical black one. And I rarely acknowledge them, and I need to acknowledge them, that we're using Blue Jeans facilities to record uh, Connected shows, and I appreciate that. Um, and we have with us a show to talk about Bluetooth. Uh, what Bluetooth is and where it is, where it's come from, where it's going, and all the nuances around it. Um, and joining me are Mark Powell, the executive director of the Bluetooth SIG. Mark, why don't you introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, and then I'll introduce Carrie as well. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, as David said, I'm Mark Powell, the executive director of uh, the Bluetooth SIG. Um, I have the pleasure of uh, running the uh, incorporated entity that sits behind the Bluetooth organization. Uh, I think it's one of the most exciting jobs in the world. Hopefully we'll get into why that might be, but um, uh, we have uh, an organization today of about uh, 30,000 members heading towards 31,000 members. And we sit, we're sitting uh, in front of an industry this year, about 3 billion Bluetooth products. So um, sizable, sizable industry and lots of exciting stuff in the pipe that, uh, Hopefully we'll get to talk about, but uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much for joining me. And also joining us uh, uh, is Carrie Brand. Carrie is the Vice President of Corporate Strategy and Innovation at Plantronics. Carrie, why don't you uh, give everybody a little background on you? Oh, sure. Well, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, yeah, so I get the uh, privilege of leading uh, research and development and corporate strategy at Plantronics. So part of my job is being paid to tinker and experiment with the latest in wireless technologies. Uh, and part of it is actually helping the company make decisions as to where to invest next as far as technology, as far as business. Terrific. Carrie and Mark, thank you very much. So let's start at the beginning. When did Bluetooth start? Where, where, where was it invented? What was it, you know, uh, in the early 2000s, in the early 1800s? Where, give, give me a, like a three-second background for people who don't know, either one of you. Maybe I, maybe I could take that. I mean, um... This, uh, this technology dates back to the late 90s um, when companies like Ericsson um, were getting, uh, getting uh, together ideas about cable replacement, how to replace the cable to your headphones, how to replace the cable to your PC between your cell phone and your PC, and how to do this in a wireless way. And they uh, came up with some ideas and got together with a few other companies and started to put a spec together. Um, and then in the early uh, 2000s, I think they call that the noughties, uh, in the early 2000s, they uh, formed a uh, special interest group and incorporated a company that uh, is today the, uh, the Bluetooth SIG. So, gosh, I think that's almost 20 years ago that uh, the technology started and uh, has come a long way since then. So if I wanted to use Bluetooth technology in an invention I was working on here in my lab, would I need to license it? Or is it an open standard? Or how does that work? So um, it, it, the idea is that uh, you become a member of the Bluetooth SIG. 
and then you get access to uh, all of the uh, specifications in development. You get a right to use some of the, a, a license to some of the intellectual property to use the trademark, um, and that enables you to ship products. We provide tools to support people who are members. We help members. Uh, what we do uh, call qualification, which is to test their products to make sure that they'll work with other Bluetooth products, which I think is uh, you know quite quite valuable and obviously something that Bluetooth is very well known for. Um, and uh, you know it, it's all part of being part of the Bluetooth club. Terrific. So Carrie, being uh, obviously a, a large user of Bluetooth technologies at Plantronics, um, what is your interaction like with the SIG on a regular basis? Well, um, so, so Plantronics is deeply involved in, in the Bluetooth SIG. I happen to be a, an associate board member on the SIG, so I actually get to participate in a lot of the, you know, the conversations, the high-level conversations of how the standards are evolving. Um, from a more, uh, you know, uh, nuts and bolts perspective, we actually have Yop Hartson as a Plantronics employee, and uh, Yop is kind of known as the father of Bluetooth. He was one of the inventors of the technology. He's actually a Plantronics employee based out of our MN office in the Netherlands. So uh, we have a lot of in-house Bluetooth expertise. We're uh, contributing to the SIG uh, in, in the standards development, and uh, yeah, we've got the founder also, the, the father of Bluetooth as an employee. So we're, we're very much involved. Yeah. So, so obviously, I understand that if I'm wearing a, um, a wireless headset for my mobile device, I'm using a Plantronics headset, of course, but um, I'm using Bluetooth technologies. But, but give us a sense, Mark, of, of, of what other things that people might not be aware of are being done with Bluetooth today. Well, um, we've just uh, really come, come through a, a big phase of um, sports and fitness devices where uh, uh, what people might call wearables, where uh, you you have uh, perhaps a you know a step sensor or a pulse oximeter or health type products. There's a whole array of products out there that uh, have helped people live their lives in a better way. Perhaps uh, you might call it the Internet of My Things, um, where people have been connecting different things to to their to their phone. You know, uh, perhaps even a smartwatch or something like that. Um, and you know, it, it's it's proven really quite exciting for a lot of people to know more about what they're doing on a daily basis. Perhaps even, you know, I might be a diabetic and I want to be monitoring my insulin levels, um, you know, in a more sophisticated way. Maybe I want to share the results with my healthcare provider. You know, so all of these kinds of things are, are possible with Bluetooth with a small device that's um, perhaps doing the monitoring and it's linking with um, your smartphone or, or, or a tablet, something like that. Um, that's continuing, um, and it's explosive for us. Um, uh, and obviously, that's on top of all of the traditional applications that you already mentioned. Wireless audio is, of course, a huge one for us. But what's coming is is, is tremendously exciting. And, and what's coming is the Internet of Things and smart homes, smart industrial applications. So, for example, uh, Bluetooth being inside a light switch that might connect to a light bulb and these two things can talk together without actually requiring a smartphone or a tablet in between and being able to connect these things together and group them and and have them come on at different times of the day without needing your intervention perhaps even connecting a a, blue, a door lock which is bluetooth um together with the, the lights so that when you come on come home um the 
lights come on automatically when they when they hear from the door lock, hey, I just unlocked and let Mark in the house. So there's an array of, uh, of applications that are coming, things that you actually can buy today. You can buy Bluetooth locks, you can buy um, light switches and uh, light bulbs, and you can start building this stuff. Um, but more and more will come. Um, we're working on some additional technology pieces that will just make this uh, even more even more exciting, even more applicable to everyday life. Let me ask you a couple of questions around the concept of saturation. Um, and I mean that from a technical sense, and I mean that also uh, from a, a, um, a, a human, fa human factor sense. Um, is there, first of all, from a technical sense, is there too much Bluetooth that will it get to the point where it won't work? Um, if I have 20 devices or 50 devices or 100 devices in a small space, I mean, I don't know what's impractical, but is there a limitation as to how much of this technology I can use in a given space? Um, I, I would say probably not, because Bluetooth is designed with something from the very early days. It was designed with something that's called adaptive frequency hopping. And what the radios in Bluetooth do is they hop around the frequency band in a random pattern. And what that allows is uh, for devices to be all using the same spectrum and for the communications that they're having not to collide. Uh, and if you like, they're politely sharing the spectrum. Uh, perhaps there, there might be a practical limit, but uh, honestly, uh, you know, for most people, uh, they're never going to see a situation like that because the devices will all communicate effectively with one another. Right. And then the other point of saturation that I would ask your opinion on is the idea of the my my and, you know, I'm a techie. We're geeks on this uh, on this uh, video call. I get overwhelmed by the number of devices that I'm trying to manage at any given moment. So I have my, my mobile phone and I'm carrying an, you know, a tablet with me and I go into my car and the headset that I'm wearing is no longer paired with my phone because my car wants to pair with it and then the tablet gets involved and you know the doorbell might be ringing. And Is there anything coming down the pike that will make managing these various things easier in an Internet of Things world? Because otherwise I think people are going to get overwhelmed and turned off. So, so for, I mean, first of all, I'm a geek as well. <laughs> so I agree with you. Um, uh, but yes, there are there are things that are coming. We've got some things that will make uh, pairing easier, make it possible for you to manage pairing. I think in general, though, uh, you know, what's, what happens is if you look back in, in history at how complicated technologies have become mass market is the participants in the industry figure out how to do some of the complicated things and how to make it applicable to, for example, my mom or my sister who are not geeks like me. Um, and I think that's what will happen is that clever things will be done. Uh, actually, one great example is what um, Apple has just done with their, uh, their AirPods. Uh, they've come up with some clever ways to integrate some technology and to make it all work so that you uh, have a very smooth experience when you you buy the product and you want to use it for the first time and i know plantronics are working on some clever stuff like that too i, I you know my i have actually some plantronics headphones and it amazes me when i put them on they it starts the music i take them off the music stops so i, I think it's i think it's going to come from two two places one standards organizations like us provide you know the underlying platforms and then uh, companies like Carey's will will innovate and create clever ideas that will will help the industry adopt this stuff. So, Carrie, let's pick up that segue. That's a nice smooth move there from Mark. I appreciate it. Um, 
we obviously are, you know, the 800-pound the gorilla in audio and headsets right now is uh, Apple with their uh, iPhone 7 um, doing away with the headphone jack. And, and, and rather than talk about good or bad, how do you see yeah. that impacting the industry of wireless headsets and, 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 and audio files? Because I've seen a lot of debate around that and, what, you know, the proprietary versus uh, uh, um, standards-based. And, and, and where do, what's your thoughts around that? Not necessarily Plantronics, but yours. Well, well my thoughts on that are, you know, why, having the, you know, the more reliance on wireless devices, I think is fantastic. There are so many instances in my life I'm talking to you on a wireless device right now where I prefer wire you know to cut the wires so I think you know it was uh, it was a move on Apple's behalf to kind of drive us that way um, but right, what is that you know, device is that a backbeat this right here is that the focus? focus that's the focus yeah. right okay so Couldn't it's very tell. much um, yeah and it's got a consumerized kind of feel to it right I mean this this idea mm -hmm. of but anyways back back to back to the you know the wireless topic I think it's good for the industry in the sense that um, it's going to cause us to innovate a lot. Uh, one of the big things when you cut the wires is you really have to concern yourself with power and how power is consumed, uh, how intelligent uh, your advertisements are for services and what services and how much data is being transmitted out of the device. This device you know, has sensors, as Mark alluded to, that you know, can tell you if it's being worn or not. We can send all that information over Bluetooth today. But we have to do it in a miserly way because we have to conserve power because I'm on this device all day long, right? Um, so I think it will cause the industry to evolve in how, you know, it builds devices, how it builds its services on top of those devices, and then the audio being transmitted over. Perhaps for a phone call, it has to be of high quality, but when I'm listening to music, it might have to be of higher quality. So being able to understand when the appropriate codex or when the appropriate uh, bit rate should be applied uh, depending on the use case. So I think the devices are going to have to become more intelligent. Uh, oh God, I, know, well, I want to say this in a politically correct manner. I'm always very careful about that because I don't want to throw any company or any organization under a bus. But the difference between what a really good pair of Bluetooth wireless earbuds cost and what Apple wanted to charge for ones that have their logo on it seemed to be a pretty wide delta. Do we think that's going to close toward the consumer side, or do we think that's going to grow toward Apple's idea of proprietary technology? Well, maybe I can pitch in a, an answer for that one first of all. Uh, you, one of the great things about Bluetooth is that it's like a pantry of ingredients. And we, even within some of the ingredients, there's different levels about what you can what you can use. And this is true very much of Bluetooth audio, that Bluetooth audio supports the really high quality codecs, very high performance things, and it also supports things that can be cheap. And when you're making a market, making wanting to enable a mass market, you have to have a range of things so that you can have, you know, the volume uh, products at the, you know, at the low price point and so that you can have uh, high quality products, which probably would command a premium. I mean, for example, um, you know, I went to Target the other day. I saw uh, ear Bluetooth earbuds on an end cap by the cash registers, $10 for Bluetooth earbuds. But I don't think that they'll sound as good as my high-end uh, Plantronics cans. And the great thing is it's all Bluetooth, and Bluetooth allows for you know the the, the volume peep, the volume uh, applications where consumers can get access to a technology, and it allows for the high end 
for the people who want the high performance. So you think market forces are going to essentially bring that to get people to pick the quality that they're looking for at the price point they're comfortable with? Yeah, and, and we're, we're delighted because Bluetooth can do all of this. And this is part of when we create new specifications is creating the, the ability to address a market from top to bottom. Um, you know, that's important. You can't just create a market with very high-end products. You have to be able to address, um, you know, all, all tiers of the market. So what version of Bluetooth are we up to right now? What would be current standards for, for top of the line available um, not being tested? Uh, well, the latest specification is uh, Bluetooth 4.2. Um, we announced earlier this year that in at the end of the year, we'll be publishing the, the next version, which will be called Bluetooth 5. Um, and uh, Bluetooth 5 actually is adding um, uh, some things for the Internet of Things. So we're extending the range, we're in increasing the uh, speed, we're doing some things with uh, beacons. Um, but uh, that's coming at the end of the year. But the latest version people are building to right now is 4.2. Okay. So as we're talking about not just high-end audio, but we're talking about um, health monitoring, and we're talking about um, uh, um, beacons, as you call you know, location identification and, and activation of things and possibly door locks, and it, it's no longer just something that we like for our convenience. It's now things that we're going to start relying on for our health, for our safety. Um, one of the questions I've been asking all the people as it relates to the Internet of Things and sensors, is there security of the data and, and is there best practices around security, especially in light of, you know, when we're recording this, we just passed um, uh, that, that very large uh, uh, denial, distributed denial of service attack that happened on the Internet. Everybody's now wondering their embedded devices that they can't control. You know, they, there's no passwords for them. There's no, there's no best practices. Is there that type of situation or are there protections built into Bluetooth or will they come? I'm just curious because what would be the right thing for people to do as they look at security of the technology? So Bluetooth 4.2 is government grade. So there's uh, FIPS and NIST compliance in the in the top end security that we we provide. And and in a similar way to what I was describing earlier about the uh, the audio application, you know, you, you met, people choose the appropriate level of security that they want from our specification. And implementing the higher grade of security might cost more money. It might need more memory it might need a more powerful processor in order to implement it and so perhaps the simpler products the you know the ten dollar wristband that might be monitoring my steps maybe that's not using the highest grade of security but maybe some of my home products really should so you know bluetooth is already today as i say government grade it's up to the market to choose the right pieces to, to build the appropriate products um, and so we, you know, we'll keep marching forwards um, and, and keeping pace as, as you have to with security. You know, with, as soon as you create a stronger lock, somebody figures out a smarter pick. Um, you know, we just got to keep going and, and that, you know, our, our uh, members will keep advancing the specs that we have. But right now, members can build very secure products. I think the, the one thing I've understood about this denial of service attack was that it was from these zombie devices that have user, default username and passwords that uh, have been grabbed by uh, you know this this uh, software on the internet. Um, and yeah, I mean Bluetooth. Typically, Bluetooth devices don't have username and password. 
Uh, we do have a secure pairing process that avoids things like that. Yeah, but 90% um, of the Bluetooth headsets I've ever paired have a security code of 1234 on them. Okay, uh, but uh, you know, I, you know, it's that's that's again, you know, that, that's a choice of the manufacturer because you can have a unique code for every device. So, um, you know, it's, it, we we create the specification that allows uh, this range of range of things to to occur. So, if people are more concerned about security, then they should be buying the devices that have these uh, more secure implementations of Bluetooth. And, and that makes perfect sense. And Carrie, I definitely want to follow up with you because I think you guys have just done some recent implementations around two-factor authentication. But, but just one quick follow-up on that. Um, it, as consumers buy the technology, which is one of the big problems in, in those zombies we were just talking about, there was really no way for them to know. Is there any way as a consumer that's buying Bluetooth technology to easily identify what level of security has been embedded in a product? Um, you could certainly look at the specifications that are supported in the specification list, and I know uh, you're going to tell me that my mum and my sister probably won't do that. Um, but um, I, I would also say, you know, there are implementations coming that will be more immune to that. So, for example, the mesh the technology that we're working on is capable of working without an internet connection. So when you don't have an internet connection, you don't have this problem. So, uh, you know, there are, I think there are other ways to kind of lock things down. And, uh, you know, that, that's what our members are keen to support and the specs that will be coming out will have those modes available. Yeah, that's what we're seeing across all of the Internet of Things is that we've, we've almost um, put products out there before we thought about the impact implications of them and we're just starting to learn about what we might be asking for so you know you're no better or worse obviously it sounds like you're a lot better than most of the other organizations dealing with technologies but from a consumer focus standpoint we're going to have to figure out how to make people smart fast or make devices smarter faster so carrie i'm sorry i cut you off there before I, I i know that you guys have demonstrated for me some of your devices not only using bluetooth technology but some of your own voice technology to to create that level of authentication is is that still something that, that that you're looking at that Plantronics is looking at yeah yeah absolutely I mean I, I just wanted to kind of uh, revisit what Mark said about Bluetooth 4.2 I think it provides a really uh, hardened platform if you implement uh, you know up to the FIPS 140 uh, compliance uh, so you can innovate inside of that so once you have that level of you know how, how the devices connect to each other how the pairing happens and all of that you can actually um, build upon that platform and so we've done that with uh, some of the prototype work that my team has done where we've taken um, in addition to making a headset form factor we've added things like secure elements to the device and we use um, we use bluetooth 4.2 to actually establish a secure connection and we can do multi-factor authentication with the device um, and that's that's just building upon what's already in the spec um, the the idea here is that um, once you have you know once devices are uh, you know, connected with each other and bonded, you can do a lot of things. You can do credit card payments. You can do uh, uh, purchasing approvals. So I think the the plumbing is in there. And the other thing that you can do is you can make these bonded experiences. Or when these two devices connect, you can make that transient, so the the bonds can break down. And uh, most consumers aren't going to grok that, but it's going to be something that enterprises will definitely like. You know, being able to come in, have devices connect one time do an exchange of secure information, disconnect and forget about each other, 
I think will 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 lead to a more secure environment. Oh, and by you know, you know by all means, the look at the automotive industry. You know, I pick up a rental car, and the first thing that I want to do is pair the Bluetooth, and then the first thing that I see is the the phone book of all the other eight users that 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 maxed out the 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 book before. So you know that would be a great switch to be able to throw in the car technology to say this is a rental car. So when it's turned back in, wipe the wipe the Bluetooth, wipe the memory. You know, if the technology is there, we just have to kind of uh, get the manufacturers to implement it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, you know, the the more the more types of experiences where we can connect, have you know, have some sort of experience, either audio uh, transfer of data, you know, whatever it is, and then being able to break those down quickly and then move on to the next one as you go throughout your day, is, is you know, that's kind of the the utopia for for the Internet of Things. You know, these these rendezvous that happen and then break down, but when they do happen, they're secure. And your identity is protected, your your credit card information is protected, whatever it is at that point in time, it's, it's secure and it's hardened. Okay, that's terrific. What do we expect to see possibly, you know, I'm, we've got CES coming up as we air this probably in about a month and a half. What can we expect to see um, coming out of uh, some of the new devices, some of the new implementations of Bluetooth that you guys are aware of? Um, well, I, I, I can... Uh, speculate a little bit based on what specifications we've been enabling um, but I know there'll be a lot of smart home products there's a lot of guys who are doing uh, work on the switches uh, the light switches the light bulbs things around the home connecting devices in, in the home to uh, to things uh, either hub devices in the home that like uh, Alexa or, 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 or you know Apple TV those kinds of things um, there'll be a lot more, as usual, a lot more exciting and interesting things with the uh, wireless speakers and wireless audio space, and uh, and obviously a lot more in the uh, sports and fitness, healthcare, you know, personal uh, wearable type technologies. As you improve the um, the range and quality and dynamic capabilities of the Bluetooth spec, do you think it could ever jump into the space that's being um, um, squeezed by the FCC around theatrical audio and wireless microphones? Um, it, you know, that, that's never anything that I really took seriously, but, you know, as you start to see those um, uh, frequency allocations start to move toward other high-end things and the professional audio people starting to pull their hair out around what they can do with wireless microphones, is that something in, conceivably in the future that Bluetooth could step in on and, and, and help with? Well, I don't know whether Kerry wants to weigh in on this in terms of what his company's doing, but um, you know, Bluetooth uh, is working on the next generation of audio. Um, you know, this is something that'll be coming out uh, in, in uh, you know a year and a year, year and a half or so, um, and it will be you know better codecs, different kinds of use cases. Um, you know, maybe not the theatrical applications, but that's not far away from being able to transmit a Bluetooth signal to multiple speakers, two earpieces at the same time, those kinds of applications. So it's heading in that direction. I mean, we're already actually uh, being used by um, the keyboard and guitar industry for connecting instruments to sound generators using MIDI. Uh, if you know the uh, that technology, so that that's already uh, technology that's being applied. But like I say, maybe Kerry can uh, elaborate on what uh, what he's seeing. Yeah, no, I would I would very much agree with that. I mean, it's uh, 
seems to me that, you know, as, as the standards evolve and as we get, you know, uh, more use cases that, uh, and, and implementations that can take advantage of the new standards, and I won't go into to what those exactly are, uh, you'll start to see more opportunities where Bluetooth, I mean, if you look at it today, aside from uh, the mesh technology that, that Mark has described, it, it's really point to, to point. It's kind of like I connect to one device or it's, it's a one-to-one -one or a one-to-many, like this device that I'm wearing can connect with two things simultaneously, but it kind of breaks down after two or three. I think in the future, as we start to see audio experiences where you can kind of walk up to something and you and your friends can share in the same kind of audio experience, even though you're wearing all ty different types of devices because Bluetooth is kind of in the fabric there, um, you'll be able to have these one, you know, one device to many types of experiences or almost a, I'd say a, a broadcast of audio. Uh, at, at, of course, at your description, it would, it would be, a, you know, again, coming up, doing the connection uh, and then being able to experience it. So being able to share experiences will become a lot easier with Bluetooth devices in, in, the, in the not too distant future. That's great. Carrie, anything you can give us in your crystal ball uh, regarding uh, CES this year that uh, you're, you're capable or, or, or allowed to talk about that we should uh, at a high <laughs> level be looking for? Well, I, I think, you know, uh, you know there, there's going to be, uh, for, for us, it's going to be about audio uh, sensor technologies, embedding these into our devices. Uh, we are using uh, a lot of Bluetooth in our product portfolio. Um, I think the exciting parts for us as we move forward is being able to connect all the all the contextual data that's coming out of our devices to the cloud and then being able to process that and feed into other clouds. So we're looking at it as, you know, I want mesh to come along. I want IP connectivity to come along because I would like to be able to take the Bluetooth fabric that's in the enterprise and take our devices and feed into the cloud through that fabric. So I think, you know, when I think of CES, I think of the starts of that. We are, we're starting to see this kind of connectivity to, to broader ecosystems. And, uh, you know, there, there'll be some interesting things from Plantronics there for sure. Terrific. So, so Mark, if anybody wants more information about Bluetooth or wants to get in touch with you, um, how can they go about reaching you or reaching your organization? Um, so we have a website, uh, bluetooth.com, surprising. <laughs> uh, and uh, there, there on the website, you'll be able to hear all about the latest uh, versions uh, of Bluetooth. Uh, we talked about 4.2. We, we talked about 5 coming. So you'll be right on the home page. We're talking about what's coming in Bluetooth 5. At the bottom of the page, there'll be a, 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 you know, a, a link to provide some feedback, contact us. Um, and uh, you get you get right to our member relations team, and uh, people can talk to us directly. Terrific, thank you very much, Mark. Carrie, what about you? How does people? How would someone get in touch with you, or follow you on Twitter, or uh, or, or reach out to Plantronics? Sure. So uh, you know, so Plantronics.com uh, is our is our website. It's, uh, there there are links there for uh, you know reaching out if you, if anyone ever has a problem with one of our products. Our customer service is right there to help you, so make sure that, you know, visit Plantronics.com. The other thing is, for me, um, you know, I, I'm available. My first dot last name at Plantronics.com. You can get a hold of me that way or on Twitter. At, it's at Carrie Brand. Uh, I do respond to, uh, to, to messages, so uh, please, uh, please feel free to contact me. Terrific. Mark, Carrie, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate uh, this uh, enlightening romp through the blue areas of tooth. And, um, and this is going to be our last episode of Connected until CES. So um, thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to you from, uh, from the halls of Mandalay Bay and the Las Vegas Convention Center. Take care, everybody.